0: Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability Educational Shorts. Sometimes you get an opportunity to do something you just can't quite pass up. And that's what happened to me this week, when Rob Bogan from the Curated Culture decided he wanted to host a Q&A on sustainability and asked me to be, well, the A portion of that Q&A. Of course, there is zero chance that I can say no to that. First of all, I love the Curated Culture. Second of all, I love sustainability. So that's what we did. We created a whole town hall Q&A for sustainability. Now that whole town hall thing, that was like over an hour long. So what you're going to get here is heavily edited shorts over the next seven weeks. Yep, we created a seven part series with little clips from that town hall. I really did enjoy answering those questions for Rob. Later, you'll be able to see more on YouTube as those videos get released. So I hope you enjoy these as much as I did. Here is my sustainability Q&A town hall featuring Rob Bogan of The Curated Culture, part six. So bouncing back to the issues that COVID caused and how we should probably be a bit more mindful of our resources because you know, during the early onset, you had people going out in droves, buying up all the toilet paper, buying up all the paper towel, buying up every single resource that we had. It, it seems like our, our food supply, our our resources supplies could all be dynamically enhanced if more people practice living sustainable. So, Why do you think more people don't care as much about sustainability as they should? There's a lot of different answers to that. And the reason why everybody rushed out is that fear of that system falling apart. Not being able to, and toilet paper was a big thing there, but it wasn't just toilet paper. You couldn't get certain foods and certain things because we still wanted to waste 40% of it. We hadn't figured out, so we wanted to hoard as much as we could because we knew we were going to waste a bunch of it instead of being very careful with what we had. But to go into your question, why don't people care? I think people care. I think when you say people, it's not person. So I have to keep that in mind. People as a group think much differently than a person. But I think if you pull each person out of that group and talk to them, at least with the basic understandings, they care. I have family members who say to this day, oh, I care. I won't do anything to specifically hurt the planet, but I'm not changing my life. I'm 70, which is kind of a bad mindset because mm-hmm. I'm 45 and I have a 15 year old, a, a you know, a 10 year old and a nine year old. There's a lot of other people who are going to want to use this planet after you're gone. People don't, they care, but they seem to not care because things like climate change are slow. Here we are recording this on the night of the 20 year anniversary of 9-11. That happened fast. Something happened. We all came together and went, oh, that happened. We responded. Climate change, there's data from the 60s. There's data in newspapers talking about our industries moving and it can change our climate as early as 1919. So this slow crawl is why you get congressmen showing up with a snowball in their hand and saying, global warming, I have snow. Our bad terminology there, that's why it went from global warming to climate change, even though it is a collection of energy in the term FIT, because things move so slow. People can't look out the window and see it. They don't understand it. And it's a complex scientific issue that the vast majority of us, including myself, are not qualified to get into extreme in-depth conversations about the, the energy collection, the how carbon and methane and all those affect planet beyond the total collection of energy. There's only a handful of people who are experts. I personally look to NASA and NOAA. They are some of the smartest people on the planet. There's other reasons why it seems like people don't care because we're in, entrenched in how we live our life. Unfortunately, at least in the united states our life is absolutely built around our work our work is the first thing we do in life shouldn't be but it is so how do you care about something that has been out there for 70 plus years that someone says is going to happen after you die or is starting to happen now but is it really changing your life when you've got kids to feed you're working 14 hours this today You have to get this job done, clean this house, pack those kids a bag for tomorrow because they're going to school. Our life is built around work. The economy has made it that way. There isn't usually one person staying home. Everybody heads out. It's very, very challenging for us to have the time to go learn these other things because what time we have, we use how we choose to use it. And it's small, that extra living time where you get to actually live, is very small. So that is very difficult for us to say, use that time for what we want to teach you because they have kids. They, they're going to use that time to teach them how to ride a bike. So it's not that people don't care. Our society and our culture designs a situation where they don't get the option to care, especially when that concept of caring could lead to them not having that job. That's the only thing worse than working all your life is not working at all and having nothing in our culture. So we have to get past that mindset. We have to understand that first. We can't criticize those who don't understand because of these things. This is a bigger problem. Plus, there's some gaps in our knowledge. We don't teach science at the level in the United States that the rest of the world does. We do not teach the scientific method as a way of thinking. It's just a chapter. You memorize it. You check the boxes. I got a B plus. And you move on to the next one. We do not in- integrate it into society as a thought process of a way of discovery. Children have it. Little children, it comes free of charge with little children. We tend to strip it out of them so that they will pass the test. Because if we don't, they're going to look at you and go, why am I taking that test? They have that critical thinking thing that's going to say, this is silly. So we tend to strip it out of them, you know, which is unfortunate. They pass the standardized test, but they lose that critical thought. So in the United States, it's hard to talk about, hey, you can't clear that swamp to put the mall there. You will lose all the biodiversity, chase out all of the wildlife, and this area will become barren. What do they care? There's going to be a mall. They can go buy whatever they want in that mall. So a lot of this is cultural. A lot of this is how we design life in this country. And the last one is the most silly. And I've said it before in some of our conversations Some people don't care because it's not what their team cares about. We live in a country that has two political parties. Every time someone throws an issue down on the table, they both scramble to their corners. It's never the same corner anymore. It used to be. But now they run to opposite corners on purpose, and everybody draws that line. And if that doesn't fall on your side of the line, you don't care. Matter of fact, you might even be violently against it without even having a base knowledge of it. When it comes to why people don't care, because you, you know, one of the things that you've said before is it's for survival of all species. It is. The planet has never been in danger. The earth will be here long after us. It is the ability for the life on this planet to live. And that has to matter on a large scale, in a leadership scale. Athletes have to say it. Actors have to say it. Musicians have to say it. And politicians have to say it. If they want to act like rock stars and be on TV all day, then they have to have that inside piece that tells them to do the right thing. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or post it on social media. If you'd like to do a little more for realistic sustainability, you can become a monthly sustainer for as little as 99 cents a month on our Anchor site, or you can find out more on greetingyourlife.org podcast. If you don't want to do that, that's okay. Uh, one of the biggest things that you can do to help the show is leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. That really does help way more than you think. Thank you so much again for listening, and we'll see you next week. If you have the desire to be sustainable but are unsure of what can go in the recycling bin, or you're constantly forgetting the reusable grocery bags, check out Starting Sustainability, the podcast. Don't be frustrated or confused anymore. Starting Sustainability was created to help those beginning their sustainable journey. Each week we give ideas on simple concepts you can easily incorporate into your current lifestyle. We also share stories of what works and what doesn't, so you don't have to waste your time and money. Check out Starting Sustainability, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.